From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. What's that, clamshell? Hi, welcome in, everybody. It's The Big and Wild Outdoors broadcasting live this morning. The one-year anniversary sale going on today is the last day for it at G5 Feed and Outdoor. We hope you'll come on by and uh, shake our hands and see all the great folks that are coming in. we got all kinds of reps that are already making their ways in. I saw the Tacticam uh, tactic guy come walking in, and uh, Mark Stockbach, uh, Stepbach from uh, Benchmade is already here. we got folks from uh, Neutrina and Mana Pro. They're already here. They're setting up all their stuff. If you're an outdoors person uh, looking for some uh, corn to put in those one-and-done feeders, uh, this would be a place to come and get it, or some mineral blocks, or they got some of that uh, spray-on deer cane and everything else all inside the house here. We want you to come on by and make sure you register because we're giving away free horse feed for a year. Also, uh, a, a cam locker a truck toolbox with Realtree camo donated by Realtree. And uh, GMB Gator Gear has donated a complete hunting package that you need with all your bells and whistles to get out and go gator hunting right off the bat. And uh, that's all happening today. Come out and register. And the drawing for that stuff is at 4 o'clock. And those three items that I just mentioned, the horse feed, the, the toolbox, and the gator gear stuff, you do have to be present to win that stuff. But everything else, hey, they'll call you. Don't worry about it. But uh, raffles, door prizes going on every single hour that people are here, that are folks that are here. Uh, packages and stuff, big old bags of uh, goodie bags for uh, door prizes are also going to be given away. And we want you to come by and check it all out and, and, and introduce you to G5 Feeding Outdoor. And if you're in a situation like myself, every year it seems like I wait till uh, just a couple of weeks before <laughs> Illinois trip. I break out the, a couple the, of weeks. Yeah, well, I got about three and a half weeks, four weeks tops, I believe it is. Three weeks, three weeks out, uh, getting the uh, getting the ATV up here to get it cleaned up and uh, tuned up because it's starting to run a little rough. They got a full line service here for your side by sides, all makes and models. They work on them all. Yep. Um, just ask. So they're about a week week into the servicing, getting everything in order. So uh, don't well, procrastinate. Get it up here, get it done because uh, when it's time to go, like I always do. I'm leaving tomorrow. Can you have it ready this afternoon? Exactly. Well, and this time <laughs> of year. That's what I say. Usually you're right at the last minute. This time of year, everybody's doing just what you said. You know, they're trying to get everything done and getting it fixed and tuned up and everything for hunting season, a hard season of hunting all over the place. And with it being as wet as it is in certain areas, you need to make sure that uh, your ATV, UTV, four-wheeler, all that stuff is all running a tip-top shape, maybe put a snorkel kit on it or something for this year in certain areas where you got to come out the other side. But uh, all kinds of stuff on sale going out here. I know that in the uh, firearms department, uh, great deals on Tika rifles. Got a few Glocks on sale, other things on sale. And any purchase of a Tika rifle, you get $100 worth of Hornady Whitetail ammunition uh, included in that. So, uh, a lot of guns have rebates on them, $100 rebates in there on some of the Brownings, uh, the A-bolts, and things like that. So you need to come down and check it out today. Yeah, It's the last day. I, I really like the flyer that they put together. It's kind of like a little brochure. A lot of good good uh, 
items of good sales going on. But you know, during the break, my brother sent me a, a text with a picture of the current weather conditions for them for where he's at. Where is he? And, of course, at 44, degree, uh, 44 degrees right now and really feels like 38 with humidity at 59%. I would love a 59% humidity. 59%. <laughs> That's a desert. Where are they? And the winds at nine miles an hour, he's in Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Well, it is a desert out there. It's a grass desert. But he sent me also, he sent me a picture, Braden. What do you think that is? Did you get a chance to look at that? That's what I was looking at, and I said, what is that, a clam shell or something? Because the way yeah, the almost, first picture you showed me was from the side. Yeah, he picked that up. Um, I know you're a big fossil picker-upper guy, so. Yeah, and I think it rubbed off on him a little bit. Oh, I love it. He goes, does this look like anything you would you would keep? Because, you know, Glenn, Glenn can spot a. Listen, uh, Glenn will keep anything. Yeah, but I, I got my grandson picking up everything <laughs> in the yard yesterday when I was out there. He said, Pa, is this a treasure? Yeah, well, he's, and he's, what do you think that is? I, I would have to say it's a tooth. I'm looking at it, and it kind of looks like a tooth to me. Um, it's not a uh, arrowhead. By now, we're talking a fossilized tooth. We're not talking yeah. about something that got knocked out of a coyote's head. Yeah, but, it kind of with the – because got, it, it's got a root. Right there for a cat. Oh, that's a different picture. Yeah. Now, so, see, to me, that looks like a shark tooth, but I guess it wouldn't be up there. Maybe it would. It I don't know. Been. Could have been up so there. It's, it's a tooth, and yes, I would keep that. And, uh, you know, like say, my, my grandson. <laughs> Could be a toenail. Say I that. don't know. He, he picks it up, and he says. Hey, that's a better picture there. Look at that. He tells me, Pa, I picked up another washing machine. What? I said, that's a washer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a washing machine. The whole thing? Wow, that's awesome. That's pretty strong. but Good scrapper. Do you still have the rusty iron? Yes, he's got it. Uh, he's got it everything. He picks everything up. That is still it. one of your best finds. I, I thought that was pretty awesome that you found that, yeah, that big old Iron old in fire. the middle of the lake where it had dried down and uh, able to find it with my uh, Kelico metal detector. And but, I guarantee you somebody had that thing tied on the end of a trot line at one time that as an was, anchor. Or the or somebody's spouse got mad because they were fishing too much in there and threw the iron at them, but and tried to kill them because yeah. that thing will kill you if it hits you. One that of those would be heavy that, cast iron uh, back in the day irons. So but, what's he doing out in Nebraska? Is he hunting? Is he living there? Is he's uh, what's he doing? No, he's uh, he's seeing the country. He picked up the, about five years ago, six years ago, decided he was going to become an over the road driver. So that's what he's done, and uh, he's been everywhere. And he sends me pictures of everything, and uh, it's pretty good for him. And uh, of course. During all this rain, I was able to uh, spend a few minutes, stopped and looked at a uh, washout area that uh, being a house being built on it, and uh, picked up this nice. Uh, really not sure. Some people want to say it's a spear point, uh, but I don't know that it's a spear point. I really want to think that it might be a small axe, uh, a hatchet type like. Yes, thing. and uh, the, the way it's it's shaped out. Um, but it's really a, a very nice find myself for this. Now, in this particular place, have you found other items besides that? Yes. I uh, picked up about three. I picked up uh, at least three whole uh, arrowheads, uh, a couple broken ones, and, of course, another buddy of mine's picked up two complete. And the property owner that's having their house built on it, uh, I did ask for permission, and, of course, they granted it. And uh, then now they they started looking themselves. Of course. I don't know if they found anything. But, uh, but man. It, How big of an area is this? I mean, is it, it a huge it, monster, or is it just like a house lot size? Yeah, it's, thing? A, it's actually just a house lot size. If if I had to guess. And you what, found that much stuff in one place? Yeah, it's a campsite. It's, it's oh, it had definitely to be. Uh, a great place to pick up some good artifacts. Are you finding, like, flake-off stuff where they were uh, actually the napping, doing it? You can see yeah. just when the sun's shining down on the ground, it looks like uh, 
It looks like neon signs just going off, and you just can't help but see it. Really? And, uh, the construction guys, I'm surprised that they've not been looking. But a lot of people don't really think about it. it to them, it's just a shell or a rock on the ground. Uh, for me, it's a it's an opportunity to find some really unique items. That's in pretty there. interesting. To, you know, you're getting a house built down there. Now you can tell all your friends and relatives that you built your house right in an old Native American campsite. And they're like, how do you know that? And if you have some of those artifacts in the house, you could put them in a – you know, one of those picture Creole boxy cabinet. things, or yeah, yeah Creole cabinet, and say, yeah, these were found right here when we built the house. That's actually pretty cool. And when when and they're also they built the uh, horse barn on top of that, and uh, they run a trench line for some uh, power to, to it. It's a very nice uh, facility they done. I'm sure they'll be up here at G5 buying some horse feed for them and the cows they have. But uh, just if they was asked, hey Glenn, would you like to dig some post uh, fence post and I'd be out there with my post hole diggers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a front end loader. Yeah. I can move more dirt with this. Uh, trust yeah. me, I'll, I'll get it filled back in. Don't worry about it. I'm just going to dig some we're giant sift- trenches here. We're sifting out all the rock. Yeah, yeah. sure. I want to make sure you got yeah. nice, smooth soil out here in case you want to grow anything. It's, he's been putting fence up for us for 20 years now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 40 feet deep. I don't know what he plans on putting out there. Oh, man, you know what's crazy is this here is right on the surface. This, this is all within 12 inches. So you wonder what was under there for about two feet under. Because, you know, the Native Americans used the same spot over and over and over and over for years and years and years. Yes, yeah. As we found out when we went out to Wyoming, you know, teepee rings were still there. They just go to the same place, pitch the tent in the same exact spot. <laughs> so everybody went to their little areas and knew exactly where they were going to go. And that one, you know, it's a unique thing, too. And I know we're outdoors, and this kind of me relates to being in the outdoors is the size of the teepee rings that were still there. Some were averaging about 10 12 foot in circles and then some of them were like 15 feet and they said that was somewhat important yeah they killed a lot of buffaloes to make yeah. that tent <laughs> we All are right. big and wild got to take a quick break brought to you by g5 feeding outdoors brandon ford come by and see us we'll be right back are you back i think we're back i don't we know are. Oh. We are back. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. We never left. Broadcasting live at G5 Feed and Outdoor. We're uh, out here just a little bit west of Plant City for the actual address. If you need it to put it into your search engine to bring up a map and come by, we're at uh, 4960 U.S. Highway 92 West in Plant City. Or just put in there uh, G5, F-I-V-E feeding outdoor and i'm sure it'll pop up and you'll come by and it'll tell you exactly how to yeah, get you can't here. go wrong i want to do uh make sure that everybody remembered that coming up on october 6th and 7th the florida sportsman's expo is going to be happening out of the florida state fairgrounds it's going to be uh fishing hunting boats archery kayaks live music and craft beer it's going to be uh seven stages of seminars they're going to have everything from inshore offshore hunting fly fishing um I love the one angler on foot. I guess that would be me, Wade Fisherman. And then uh, kayak and conservation. Uh, uh, we have good friends that are all going to be out there. Our friends from Barracuda Tackle are going to be out there. Uh, Maybe they'll bring one game. of those magnets. <laughs> they got them in here. They got them at G5. Oh, okay. And uh, Arrowhead Archie's going to be out there. Bill George is going to be there with GMB Gator Gear. Uh, we'll also have uh, Zebco Prime Body Glove. Uh, Young Boat Silver King Brewery is going to be out there. I'm sure they're supplying the the uh, libations and DOA. It's all going to be happening out there Saturday from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. Sunday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Daily admission is eight bucks, and kids 12 and under 
with their parents are absolutely free. So uh, you can come on out there. I think they're going to do the fishing dealio in the back where uh, with fishing game. They're going to be out there. Kids get to go out there and catch all those fish in those ponds, and there are tons of them in there. Lots of catfish. And I always I, – I never could understand. Uh, it's an FWC-sanctioned event. And for every kid that reels in one of those big, nasty, corn dog eating placostomus out of that lake, they throw it back in. That thing they should walk right over and go kablunk right into the dumpster. Why? Kablunk right in the dumpster. That might be the only thing that's you know keeping why? that water's clean in there. So yeah. You know why, Bill George? <laughs> you know why? Because I said so. That's why. That's why. I'm going to turn into my father. Because <laughs> I said so. That's why. I don't have to explain myself. Throw it in the garbage. That that's makes no I sense. <laughs> what would you do with it? He'd eat it. Put them right back if they don't want them. The last person I know that uh, ate a placostomus out of the lake at the fairgrounds, I think, uh, laid in bed for four days with stomach cramps and really bad visits to the it's restroom. all those chemicals it was eating. So exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't eat it. Uh, exactly. Where, where is Randy Pack? He's supposed to be here today showing us how to tie some Yeah, knots. you know, for a retired guy, you know, he sure is uh, taking his sweet time to get here. He's, well, I what? guess that's why he's retired. He was he was going to show us how to tie a knot? Yeah. What kind I of knot? I think we need to teach you a new one. Mine's very effective. Which knot? Why? What happened? No. When, uh, no, no go a, into detail. It's just. You know, you don't bring it up on like the show unless you're ready. It's so simple, and yet it works. What is All it? the fancy tie, knot tying you could do for braid. This one here is so simple, that it, that nobody can believe it, that it's worked. Doug is totally convinced now he quits tying any knot that he was using prior to this year, and now he uses my simple knot. And what is your simple knot? I don't even know what you call it. It's just so simple. How do you tie it? I just take and loop it up, just tie a little knot in it, and then run it through the eye of the hook and back around, and there it is. It's done. Oh, well, that's, yeah, that's been around. That's an easy one. And, and just all a the fancy overhand knot. And all the simple. That's it. Yeah, but on, on, a, on a braided line, it bites on itself like that. It's not going to come undone. It's a little different than mono. But now the other, you know what's funny is when people ask me, they're like, what knot do you tie on the end of your, like if you got big, you know, 30 or 40-pound fluorocarbon on the ends and stuff on my lures, I tie a bowling. A bowling. A bowling knot. Stick it on the end, make a loop, put it through, wrap it around, pull it tight, done. That's all you got to do. And it, and if you have to, and if you have to uh, take it apart, then uh, if if it's stiff enough, you can take it apart. Now, if it's braided line, forget it. You're not taking it apart. So for a loop knot, that's the easiest one you could ever tie in your life. Yeah. All right, let me see this knot. Oh yeah, it's just, just a simple overhand knot. Yeah, it's coax. It's really not the f- best. So you and put it, that through the eye. Yep, and then you run it through the eye and then drop it back through. and you're Right back through the hook. Yeah. And it and it, like I say, it, uh, when I first started doing that, Doug's like, that is not going to work. Yes, it and will. And then he wanted to cut his and, and or cut mine and tie it. And I told him, no, I'm, I, I would use what I got. And it, it works very effectively. It's simple. Now, I'll, I'll show this knot to Gordon since he's uh, Air Force, so he doesn't know how to tie a knot. If you were in the Navy, they would have taught you that. Uh, kind of st- what, what are you looking at? He looks like a knot tire. <laughs> Just go like this, tie it around. And you know how to tie a bowling, right? Okay, well, then that's what I use. And it makes it a lot easier, and you just pull this tight. And the thing is, is no matter how tight you pull that, you can pull it as tight as you want to. All you have to do to undo it is just take it in, go, blah, blah, boom, and it's a done deal. And you can untie Why are you yawning? It, it works pretty good. Am I boring you? freaking that? boring me. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? Let's see your best knot that you use. Uh, yeah, overhand granny, Smith, jobber, what? 
Where are I, your shoes? I don't even know where where you what you call the knots. You don't even know what they call them. You just do it. I do it. It's it's the put the thing through the eye, <laughs> come back, do the five or six wraps around the two sh- and two things, and pull it tight. Okay, and those are the ones that pull themselves out and they come loose. Unless you go back through the loop and pull down on the tagline. Yeah. On the well, tail. I can go out there to my because my, my brother would do that, and that's why I used to kill. He he would kill me. He's like, I'm tying a fisherman's knot. I'm going. Let me see you tie a fisherman's knot. And I said, Bart, you're forgetting one step. When you go five times around, you have to go back through that little loop on the tide, then pull it up. Oh, that's why it keeps coming loose. Mine yeah. come loose. I will go out there at the next break. I will grab a hook out of my box, and I want you to tell me how many pieces of line are tied to that hook. What kind of line is it? That's his veteran hook. What that's, kind of line is it? That's my serious hook. What kind of line is it? It's a uh, Power Pro, 80 pounds, 65 pounds. Power Pro is a little different. It'll bite on itself, and once it gets in there and tangles up, it, it holds a little well, tighter. Well, that's braided line. Yeah, exactly. I'm talking about when they would do mono, and you're, my brother would hook some big snook and be like, yeah, boy, twink. And come out with and a come little And come out curly. and it's got a little curlicue on the end of it, and you're like, B, come on, man. And that's what I found. I said, what kind of knot are you tying? And he's like, a fisherman. I said, show me. And he did it, and I was like, dude. No wonder you're losing it. You're, you're not you're, going back to like that me, You're costing me money every time you lose it. 12 bucks a shot. <laughs> <laughs> 12 to $18 a shot. Each time one of those lures goes swimming off with a with a snook or a redfish. Yeah. That's all you get, Braden. Best That's color it. man in the business right there. Yep. yep. So just come on out and look at Bill, Bill George's. Uh, Please tell me you're not doing a seminar today about hooks. No. Okay, thank you. No hooking. Good. But he is, he is scheduled to do that sooner than Are that. you doing that? To, you're not doing that out here. You're just going to No, be I'm not doing sh- that out here. We'll out be here? doing we will be doing uh two alligator hunting seminars at the Florida Sportsman Expo. So if you want to turn around, think you might be interested in uh trying alligator hunting, you can come out. We can try and explain some of it to you, what your options are, how you get tags, how you if you're like Glenn, you usually don't get tags, but you like first come serve serve, don't you? Yes, I do. Because you're willing to beat down everybody else to go get it. I'm on a standing line. I feel like I have a good opportunity. My chances are just as good as anybody when it's a first come, first serve. Everybody's online and wait for a lottery. Yeah. I'd rather do that and just get denied right off the bat and say, well, at least I tried. You, I was you in the made fight. the effort. You made the Along effort. with everybody else that got them. So, but that's yeah. the way it used to be. And yeah. then, uh, like I said but about the Bucks, half the system, people said it was great. Other people said, I, I can't say it. It's the system cannot handle the load. Yeah, of the they cannot make. There is so much demand and desire for those tags that their system cannot handle the initial onslaught of the alligator stuff. I mean, coming in at one time, everybody putting in on the day first come first serve. First it just it just can't handle it. it well, just, speaking of first come first serve, out at the uh, Florida Sportsman's Expo happening. October 6th and 7th, the first 450 kids get a free Zebco Tackle Pack. Uh, that's just before the FWC Kids Fishing Derby and Scavenger Hunt. And uh, come on out because the kids get stuff for free. It's always a good time. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors broadcasting live today out of G5 Feeding Outdoors. Come on by and see us. We're also brought to you by the great folks out of Brandon Ford. Stop in there, see Brooke. And welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. How do you know that we're... I just take it for granted. 
that we're back here at G5 Feet and Outdoors. If you're just tuning in, that's where we're at today. Uh, their first <laughs> anniversary <laughs> sale. Uh, come on out. A lot of great things going on. A lot of good things that are given away. All you got to do is register. doesn't cost anything but a little time and ink, and uh, you can win some great prizes today. Come on out. You can give Braden a hard time. Bill George, you can look at his uh, museum <laughs> hook of knots. <laughs> what is this? Caddy? Oh, it's some sort of bugger or something on there? Yeah, I, I think it's part is. of the uh, probably last why, why has this hook been cut off so many different lines? Why, why do you do you, that? Yeah, exactly. Because when you catch an alligator and he rolls up in the line or something like that, we turn around. One of the first things we do is we bring an alligator on board. So I does cut, each one of these lines represent an alligator that you've caught? Yes. Really? With that hook. So this is your trophy hook. That is a trophy hook. Uh, how, is, it, is this from this year so far? No, I have not put that one back on yet this year. That he's was scared last he's going to lose it. Yeah, because if you lose it, yeah, no more trophy hook. The, yes. I'm going to toss it to you see if you can catch it. No. Ready and action. <laughs> that is the crappiest knot I've ever seen. But tied this, in my life. this is the thing that gets me. Seriously. Besides how, Bart. How much debris is on that hook? A lot. And I catch alligator after alligator with that hook. If Glenn has one weed on his hook. He is slamming it on the water, trying to get one little weed off. And I'm like, that weed's not going to bother anything. That says from his old bass fishing days, man. I you will know, tell you this. Like, whenever, whenever you uh, have debris on your hook, it takes and changes the arrow dynamics of that hook in flight. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's any wind, changes. it helps drift. It ch- and it changes the direction of dragging the water so it won't uh, go straight hook into the alligator. It's going to pull it to the left, pull the, it to the right, we it, pull it straight down. I will say that is funny, he, he is correct. It will impact it some. But I don't think a <laughs> 16th of an ounce of weight of a weed is going to impact, oh, probably about a seven or eight ounce hook. That's funny. And you're probably right, but in my mind it says otherwise. <laughs> and then, of course, when you hand off one of those, uh, I don't know if it was the three-pound hook Oh uh, yeah, that we used a couple of weeks ago. The 14. It's a 14 ounce? Yeah. Oh, well, the four t- it's a f- the 14-aught hook. It's heavy. That's that big one, yeah. yeah. And I-, I tell you what, that in itself, th- tossing it out there and reeling it in will wear you down. Yeah. Uh, but it got down through the mud. <laughs> yeah, it did actually get down deep to get to uh, where that gator had buried Scratching up itself on the bottom. You know, did you, uh, speaking of alligators, did you see, uh, you know, what the Carolinas has been in the news not only because of the hurricane, but uh, I wanted to make mention that if you've got a lease or you're planning on going up there, you need to check before you go because they just announced a lot of closures when it comes to public land and management areas and, up and there. And the roads themselves. Yeah, to, to be able to get up there. Uh, I know a lot of hunters will already do that, but then some people will be like, well, I've been hunting up there for 10 years, and it's always been dry no matter what. This year may be a lot different. But I was going to ask Bill George, did you see the uh, alligator they pulled out of there like a week ago? North Carolina? Yeah, up there in the Carolinas. No. I 13 feet long, weighed over 1,000 pounds. Yeah. That is a big kitty cat. 13 uh, foot, 2 inches. And it weighed 1,012 pounds. Uh, a young lady who got it, first time ever putting in for the draw, and she got a tag. And they went out there and uh, took this big monster. That thing is huge. That is one big lizard. And did did somebody some service? We we don't have a lot of those uh, left on our public waters. Uh, you will find those in some of the private areas where the public water hunter can't get to. 
but I think the public water hunter does a pretty good job. I mean, we got stuff that's constantly crawling out and moving from some of those other areas, but right. we, we, we've hammered those really big, big alligators. And that's one of the things, if you look at all the alligator problems that we've had with alligators attacking people, I don't think any of those are coming from areas in which we routinely are allowed to hunt and have access to hunt. Yeah, most of those are private. Well, you can tell or, these guys. Or, or state parks or some of these other areas. Well, you can tell these guys were kind of rookies at the deal because they went out there expecting to uh, be able to go just, you know, put a hook in it, haul it up, and do what they got to do. Didn't even think of a way that they were going to dispatch the thing. And luckily, <laughs> luckily, one of the guys had a forty-five pistol. And uh, when he tried to shoot it with a forty-five, it just basically kind of made him mad. Is that all you got? That's all you got. <laughs> and uh, put a forty-five into it, and it kind of stunned him a little bit, but also made him extremely mad. And he took off again, and they thought for sure they were going to lose him. And uh, they finally got him back up, got him up to the very surface, and got a little closer, and put two more shots into him from a forty-five, and finally killed it. But then. You got these three guys that are standing there, uh, and now they can't get this thing anywhere near getting it into the boat. Correct. There's just no way they're, they're going to get it in there. They're not prepared for. And and, and that's a shame. Well, then they, they need said, to come to a Bill George seminar. Exactly. Yeah. And it said they were. It was too heavy. So luckily, Kyle Snellgrove and some friends were actually out hunting nearby. Heard the guys holler and all that stuff, and finally came over and gave him a hand to, to, to lift it up with the beast. So it took about six guys to get the thing. Up in there and get it flipped Troy, over the side. Troy would have just rolled him right yep. in. Yeah, Troy Landy would have got him, him in by with the one hand. <laughs> Throw him in the back of the boat. Yeah, but I mean, it is that is a very big alligator, and it's uh, it seems like it's been the the luck of the rookies this year. What was the little girl who got her tag and there's, got that big monster here in the state of Florida? Yeah, she got a big one. It was like a thirteen or twelve footer, wasn't it? There was a, I think, a twelve or something taken, or you know. And we get people who routinely go out there and get lucky and kill one big one. They they think it's easy, and well, when they go with you, it looks too it, easy, it, and then they want to come nah, again. It it it, you know, going out there and and getting one here or getting one there is is you know possible for anybody. Doing it consistently, there's a there's a few people in this state that consistently can go out there and produce and and take alligators and you know. It's tough. It's it's tough. It's it's a lot of a lot of things learned from a lot of mistakes we've made over the years, <laughs> <laughs> and you just try and not do that again. Well, like these guys, if they plan on going again next year, I guarantee you they'll be a little more prepared. The, well, no matter as a matter if it's thirteen footer or nine footer, you know the, you got to be ready to do what you got to do. The one the one we got with Carlos's wife last year Car- or last weekend and. Whatnot. That particular alligator ran for some really thick brush and and ran and wallowed up in a treetop that was in the Climbed water. A tree? It, it, it went and <laughs> hid under the tree. So I eased the boat, coasted it back behind the tree, and then went and bumped it back out into the open water. And that's when it made the mistake. So, so he when he finally came out and to he, take a look around, uh, you got we, a hold of yep, him and got as, him out. As soon as he got out from in that tree, we hooked him, and it was it was 
It was a blast. Yeah. Well, I I like that was a good looking gator that she got. Uh, she I'll, did her extremely well from what I heard. And and Carlos did not want to mess up with his wife watching. That, that's all I can say. He he did <laughs> that's a why spectacular he's not here. job. <laughs> yeah. You can mess up when you're out there with your son. You know, it's part of uh, just part of hunting, boy. You know, that's just the way it is. And uh, we got to do all that. Uh, but I did want to mention taking your wife, taking your kids and all that kind of stuff. In case you forgot, not only is it the first day of fall, but in reality, it's also a National Hunting and Fishing Day today. And it's one of those days where, as a sportsman, if you're a fisherman, if you're a hunter, if you're a sporting clay guy or whatever it is, kayak, whatever you want to do, uh, it's the day where you're supposed to uh, put a little effort in and maybe take somebody out who's never gone before, like Carlos did last week and took his wife out for the very first time. And it was good you, to take them that way. The, they can see what it is that you're doing and what it's all about and why you have such a desire to do it. Well, and you know what? After she did it, you could hear the excitement in her voice when Carlos called in on the show last week. She wanted to do all the talking. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And usually she's a very quiet, you know, kind of reserved person. But you could tell she was jacked, man. She she had a blast. She, now she will just, be putting in for tags exactly. in her name yep. every year. So I say just created another competitor. Well, <laughs> or, you know, at least somebody who's contributing. So, uh, you know, if you get a chance or an opportunity today, uh, make the effort on National Hunting and Fishing Day today to uh, see if your neighbor wants to go. You know, that kid who's always been bugging you to take him and uh, and your son out fishing at the same time, it'd be a good day to do it. It's a beautiful day. Storms are not going to hit the West Coast till probably later on this afternoon. Don't even mention that word. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They're supposedly not going to hit the center of the state. They're going to kind of get pushed across and maybe develop over on the West Coast, which, uh, you know, even though with the red tide out there, people are still catching fish, man. Uh, last week when Tom Free was out there doing the – the uh, the disabilities uh, fishing tournament out there on the on pier, they were catching fish. They were catching all kinds of fish. Ones that are still well, alive are still got to eat. The, the ones that are have the immunity, you know, they're not sick. Maybe that's what it is. Well, if they're alive, they got to eat. So let's see if they're eating, they're catching, and that's the way it goes. So on a day like today, I say grab somebody, take them out, and go do it. When and we wear come, lots of lots of sunscreen. Well, when we come back, we're going to beat up on Bill George and Glenn for not going up and getting their one and done tree st- uh, feeders done and getting everything done and on the property. You guys are really late, man. You're starting really, really late, yeah, and this terrible. is sad to hear. So, I be ready for a barrage when we come back. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors broadcasting live from T5 Feeding Outdoors. We're also brought to you by Brandon Ford. Go see him today. Get a brand new truck, and then come drive it over here. And see us. And welcome back to Digging Wild Outdoors. It is a beautiful day to be outside. And if you're outside, make sure you put on plenty of sunscreen because that UV is going to be high today. It doesn't take long, 15, 20 minutes. Next thing you know, you're saying, man, why am I so red? My head hurts. Yeah. And uh, anytime you're outside, if you've got some young kids out there, make sure you put the sunscreen on them because years to come, it's not the damage done today that gets you. It's the damage done today 20 years from now. And you, you got the scars to prove it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm tough. Surprised. I'm fishing. I don't care about no sunscreen. I'm surprised you still have the tops of your ears left. Oh, man, they've been burnt so many times. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, I mean, there's no laughing matter, and especially in this state. You know, I mean, it, it is the truth, and you run around and you don't think twice about it. And the other one is, believe it or not, uh, the amount of water that you do not drink. Uh, you know, doctors will tell you that Hydration. Most, most Floridians uh, run around 
in a perpetual state of dehydration because we go from outside sweating and not cooling off to air conditioning, which is sucking all the moisture out of your body and out of the atmosphere. So you're getting it from, you think you're cooling off because you're in the air conditioning and it's really doing the same thing as if you were standing outside. It just, you just feels don't better. Feel it. it just feels better doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, Especially uh, if you've been sweating and then go into the air conditioning. That really feels better. Yeah. But. Yeah. You know, for about 10 minutes, then you start getting sick. But again, uh, sunscreen is a good thing to have on. And, for, and, one of the things this past week, I was thinking about that Illinois trip. Uh, when do you guys – well, you know what? Let me preface this by saying this past week, uh, I went to Maryland Fried Chicken, was eating lunch, and uh, Dave came in with his wife and uh, immediately goes, is Glenn going to be there this weekend? I was like, yeah. He goes, because you know we're leaving soon. He wanted to make sure that I knew. You know, we're going to be leaving soon. We're going to be headed up to Illinois here for a trip. And I was like, what is that? And he's like, it's in like three weeks, right? Yes, it's not too far out. And I was like, well, thank you for telling me because Glenn hasn't mentioned a thing about it. Well, so, I was kind it's of the same little, time every year. I, I was, know that, but he usually gives us a heads up so we yeah. can, you know. I was feeling a little guilty about that with the amount of time <laughs> I've already missed this past month. Dude, but, we, we're, what I've always said from day one, if you get the opportunity to go, we can hold down the fort. Heck, we can get Gordon. All right, I'll see you all next year. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Uh, yeah. But one of the big things that's always up there is, uh, is the poison ivy. Uh, when you get up there and you're trimming around your stands and uh, – that poor Dave, as you mentioned, uh, you running into him. He he is the bulldozer of the uh, guy of the crew. He there's nothing in his way. When he wants to go somewhere, he's going through it. Well, he's built like a terrier, and so yeah, he's gonna plow through everything. He gets in there, and the next thing you know, he's suffering, and I'm right there with him because I hate to let him do it all by himself. And uh, I'm not really gonna let him show me up. So wait now, <laughs> now is he is he allergic to uh, poison ivy? Well. well to, Two, I think it was two, three years back. Uh, he come back. He spent many a day, hours in the doctor's office because it not only got on his skin, but it was in his eye. Oh, that's and, not good. And uh, he suffered tremendously from that. And one of the things this past week, I, I'd actually run across an article uh, from a guy out of uh, Michigan. He'd put this thing together, and I really, you know, I knew if you if I, I thought it was a, kind of one of those immediate things. Once you get that oil from the plant on you, uh, you're doomed. But you actually says there, from the scientific side and the medical side of it, you have really about eight hours, uh, eight to seventy-two hours before your skin starts having a reaction to the problem is the is oil for, itself for kids or in Dave's case, is it gets on the back of your hand or somewhere and you don't realize it uh, because you didn't know you went through it. Or you push it aside and then you do rub your eye. Yeah, and so even though you may wash your hands and get get it off of your surface of your skin, you know you're not going to think to take some dishwasher you know dawn or something and scrub your eyeballs with it and you know that's the last place you want to put dawn but yeah. to strip that oil off and uh, that's how you get it spread especially for kids uh, yeah. they and get it, it everywhere and of course you know it, reading the article and it was very helpful and the fact that's just how simple uh that prevention is once you've been outside it's just like you pointed out dish soap and uh, dawn it seems like dawn dish soap is used for just about anything right when it comes to other outside of just washing your dishes because of the fact that it cuts the oils and the grease and stuff like that. So uh, that is one of the highly recommended things is to wear. What about alcohol? I know alcohol, people take alcohol wipes and, and wipe it off with that. And, and that was also mentioned in the article, uh, the alcohol wipes or alcohol itself, uh, Dawn dishwashing liquid. But the uh, one thing that was out there, it says it's the Technu, uh, some kind of lotion called Technu, T-E-C-N-U, 
that you can put it on. As soon as you get done, you wipe it on and uh, just wipe it off, and, and that's a very good prevent, Wait, prevention for you. you put it on before you go out and play no, it? After, oh, after. Okay. Uh, and it, and and that's what it is. And it comes in little carry bottles or something that's very easy to, to, st- to store. Of course, you can buy uh, the Dawn dishwashing liquid in a little small bottle. So this year, that's going to be part of my stuff because <laughs> well, I'm going to have to clean a few areas. Does out. it affect you? Because I don't. It, it doesn't bother me for some you reason. Know, it's a it's a kind of a hit or miss thing for me. It seems like uh, I've never I've only had it one time years ago, uh, but three years ago I had a little small irritation, but nothing like. Poor Dave, he was just swelled up from foot to toe, head think, to toe. And I think there's some more sensitive parts of your body that you get well, the that's oil usually, there. That's usually covered up. So, but I, I'm just saying, I think when but I was if it a, gets on your hands, when I was a little kid, <laughs> you know, where, you never know where it's going to end up. When I was a little kid, I got into it really, really bad. I remember uh, going through that agony back then. And I don't know if your body after after time builds up a tolerance to it or something like that because. It seemed like the more we played around it or in it or anything, the less it actually started to bother me. And now, uh, I Maybe had some growing on the fence. You just got smarter and stayed off of it. No, because I had—I was going to say—I had some growing along the back of my fence, and I went back there, grabbed the vine, and was pulling it off and getting on there. It was going across my arms, and, and it didn't do anything to me. Uh, well, it could be because it does. You know, your body reacts to that oil, and that's where the irritation actually right. comes from—is the reaction that you have. So maybe your immune system builds up a tolerance to it. But I'm not a professor or a doctor in that, so all I know is uh, I'm gonna have me a little bit of something. Well, well the me. thing is, is not only does it get on your skin, but it gets on, on your clothes. I, your clothes, yeah. The, so. the guy I had out this last little bit hunting alligators is actually a doctor who deals with allergies. And so the next time I turn around and take him out to get his second gator, I'll ask him. Yeah, you can ask him for the scientific side of it. It's good to know. What are you going to ask him that's scientific? About your system building up any type of immunity to like a poison oak or a poison Again, I I think there's something there as far as the sensitivity to your skin. Some people are more sensitive uh, than others. So the, the do fire ant bites still bother you the same way they did when you were a kid? No, nah, not nearly. But I also get them off a lot quicker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. The worst, the worst case scenario no! <laughs> I had with po- it was poison oak. Is I didn't realize it, but sitting in a tree stand, I I was bored, and so I looked around. I found a twig, and I was whittling it, and you know, and, chew on it for a while. No, I didn't chew on it, but I was whittling it, and. Then you get tired and you're rubbing your eyes and rubbing your face. Well, turned out the twigs that I was reaching over and getting was dead poison oak. And I woke up the next morning with my eyes swollen shut. Oh, I wish I had a picture of that. Oh, my gosh. I, I drove with my finger holding my eye open to, to the drugstore to get some cream to put on I can, I can see Bill George taking calamine lotion and pouring it over his eyes, man. And then I went back in the woods. <laughs> pink camo. That's where it came from. Calamine lotion. You know, the, oh, my God. Pink war paint over your eyes. I mean, it. they were swolled shut and crusty the next morning. It well, of course, the one thing that can help you prevent all that is to actually know what it looks like. But I mean, if it's dead and dried it's up, it's kind of hard. Dried. It was just a twig. Yeah, but if know? it's green, you know, you need to know what what poison ivy, poison oak, looks like so you can avoid it. Uh, but you know, when you're out hunting and you got a bulldog like uh, Dave, you know, blazing a trail, 
guaranteed he's not thinking about the stuff he's pushing from one side to the other. He's just trying to get from point A to point B. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's pretty effective about And especially it. if you're running hogs at night or, or dogs at night looking for hogs, things like that, it all looks the same in that headlamp. You know, when you're sitting there and you're you know flashing that light around, everything looks green and it's tough to do. But uh, let's go to the phones. we got a caller on the line. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Smokey. Hey, Smokey. Hey, Smokey. What's going on, man? What's going on? Hey, uh, Poison Ivy, they said it's so toxic, that oil, that if you dip the pin into the oil, that'd be enough to uh, give everybody in America Poison Ivy. What? Is it yeah, that bad? it's that toxic. And they said what happens is you get it in the, in the, walking in the woods or something, get it on your pants, and you get in your car, and now it's on your car seat, and... You get it off of you when you get home, but now you get back in your car later and you get it on you again and stuff like that. Yeah, well, I know that's what we were talking, that if you have it on your clothes and if you're at deer camp like what, you know, Bill George or Glenn goes out and does, you know, you take your camos off and if you put some casual clothes on and you hang it back up or leave it outside, it's still on there. Well, so it may not get you on day one, but it'll get you on day five, you know. Thanks thanks for that comment, Smoke, because now I can forget Here's my nightmare story of poison ivy. When I was climbing trees, I saw a big pine tree I had to take down and saw Virginia creeper on it and said, oh, hell, that's just Virginia creeper. This thing was just loaded with it. I climbed, I cut that whole pine down. Started itching like crazy. I looked, the, the thing, poison ivy was growing right in with that Virginia creeper. Oh, camoed himself up. Gotcha. I got you. Gotcha. Three leaves, you know. Gotcha, buddy. Gotcha. And Have a good y'all. day, guys. Great See show. You, Smoke. See you, Smokey. Thank you for listening, man. We got to take a quick break. Top of the hour. If you want to give us a call, 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. We are broadcast live at G5 Feeding Outdoors. Come by and see us. We're here all day, just about.